qui s'envolent. This week's Parsha, we have the Misa of the Brochos that were given to Klal Yisrael on Hagrizim and Har Evil. The Brochos were given on Hagrizim, the Klalis were given on Har Evil. Abshamshin Rafal Hirsch points out. That these two mountains, in and of themselves, are a lesson of bracha and klola. Hagrizim is a beautiful mountain with vegetation and trees and plants. Harevol is barren, rocky, nothing grows. But the truth is that both of these mountains rise up from the very same valley. The same rain rains down on both of them. The same wind blows on both of them. The same sunshine shines on both of them. Yet one appears to be the picture of bracha and one is the picture of kolola. Zotrib Shamshin Hirsch, the lesson is that Brocha and Klala don't have that much to do with what the opportunities you were given are. But they have everything to do with what you bring out from within your panemius. You can have all the opportunities in the world. But if you don't make the effort on your own, you won't produce anything. And in life, you can have none of the opportunities and you can accomplish tremendous things. So this is the message of Baruch and Klola. It's not so much what you were gifted in the Chitzonius, it's how much you bring out from your panemius. There's a mission in Pirkei Yobas that says, If I don't produce on my own, nobody's going to do it for me. I'm responsible for myself. There's a famous Gomorrah in Mesech the Savoy de Zorah about a Yid by the name of Elozer ben Durdaya. The Gemara says that he had a terrible Yetzir Hora for Zoynos. And he had visited every Zoyna that he could find. 
And one day he heard that the Zoyna Bikrache Hayam in the distant reaches of the sea, Timbuk 7, and she takes 400 golden coins for her payment. So he got together the money and he set sail. Chazal say he traveled seven seas to get to her. And the Gemara tells us that Bishas Maisa, just as they were about to do the Avera, she said to him, You ain't never gonna make it to Oilam Haba. Now, when you hear a Musashmuz, very often it goes in one ear, out the other. Sometimes it doesn't even make it into the first ear. When you get a Musashmuz from a Zoyna, somehow that Musashmuz penetrates. Sir Rabbi ben Durdaya ran out of the house. And he sat in the valley. And he screamed out, Horamad voice, Bikshualai Rachamim, the mountains, the hills, Betzach Rachamim for me. And they said, I'm sorry, we're busy with our Regina problems. We have to deal with the climate. We have to deal with all the other Mishigasim. So he said, And this we have to do, we have to deal with the ozone layer. We got our Egina problems. So he turns to all the Chalokim of the Bree and he says, And they say, we can't help you. This global warming, ozone layer, save the whales, the Mardika problems in the veld. So Rabbi Loza ben Durdaya says, Ein hadovor tolui elobi. It's up to me. And he cried so stark that his neshama left him. And a basko came out and said, Rabbi Loza ben Durdaya is mezuman li oilum haba. Now what was going on over here? What's he turning to the hills, into the mountains, into the valleys, into the streams, into the stars, into the sky? What's going on? Sifsechachayim brings down that what he was tining was Horim voice Bikshualai Rachamim. Horim is Horim, refers to parents. So he first tines, you know why I am the way I am? It's my parents' fault. And they said, it's not our fault, it's your problem. Then he turns elsewhere. It's the astrological fault. I would have born in March. I would have been a tzaddik. But I was born in October, so nebach. Then he says, it's my city's fault. What can I do? I was born in Baltimore. I would have born in Denver. I would have been okay. He goes on and on. And everybody tells him, it's your problem. And finally he discovers, you can have a bocher who's not matzliach, and it's my third great Rebbe's problem. It's my chavrusa's problem. It's my Rebbe's problem. It's his fault. It's the Menayel's fault. It's my English teacher's fault. And the bottom line is nobody cares. It's your problem and you deal with it. Ein hadov or toloi elobi. You come to the Rabbeinishim Rosh Hashanah, you can't point fingers. It's me. It's my problem. So bring out your panemius. 
Bring out the real you and fight the battle. There was a Yid, Rav Mendel Fotterfus. It was a big mashpia. He tells over when he was a little kid. Maybe he wasn't a little kid. Maybe he was a teenager. There was a Yid, Reb Chaim, who was a Rebbe in the yeshiva where he was. And one day he sees Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim is 80 years old at the time. And he's sitting there looking a shtickle despondent. So he says, Reb Chaim, what's the matter? He said, you know, I'm 80 years old. It's not such a long time I'll be taken to a Din V'Cheshben in Shemayim. So it's not gishmak to think about these things. So you're a young boy, you have a life ahead of you, but me, at, I'm 80 years old, their vase, you have to start thinking about the Yoim Adin. So uh, Mendel said to him, Chaim, a, a tzaddik like you, a yid like you is worried? If you're worried, what is anybody else going to do? So he said, let me tell you. I wake up in the morning. I say, Moida'ani. And I carry a sack with me. I did a mitzvah, I said, Moida'ani, I put it in the sack. I watch Nagelwasser, Nocha mitzvah, I put it in my sack. I get up, I daven a shtickel, put that in my sack. I go to shul, I give a shtickel shear before shachris, I teach a little. Gemara, little Mishnayis, little Hasidus. I put that in my sack. I daven, I put on tefillin, talis, put that in my sack. And so, Mendel's getting the, the hang of it. He says, I eat breakfast, I make a bracha, I put it in the sack. And he's going through his whole day. And it sounds gewaldic. The guy is accumulating mitzvahs. He's filling up a sack with mitzvahs and mitzvahs and mitzvahs. So, at the end of the day, he's, he's got a sack filled with mitzvahs. So Reb Chaim says, you know, I'm 80 years old. I have 29,200 sacks. So Reb Mendel says, what's the problem? That sounds gewaldic. He says, my problem is, why do I put the mitzvahs in the sack? I should put them in my kishkis. I should put them within myself. We do mitzvahs like robots. It doesn't permeate our inner selves. We have to become people where our pneumius is what counts. We can't just act like robots. We have to feel it. We have to become real. We have to feel the kedusha of the mitzvah. We have to talk to Hashem when we daven. You have to feel the geschmack, the dehoibenkeit when we learn. You have to put the mitzvahs within ourselves. Very often told you the story about the, the kid who was very short. Parents were very nervous. He's going to school. They call him Shorty and Pee Wee. The class makes believe they're trying to find him, to look under the tables. It's very hard to be a, a little kid like that. So they're looking for a cure. One day the father sees that there's a Dr. Kelso in Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, an endocrinologist who is working on a 
hormone therapy that will give the child the chance to grow. So they fly from Chicago to New York and they meet with Dr. Kelso in her office in Mount Sinai Hospital and she tells them about the medicine and she tells them there's a chance your child can grow. We can't guarantee he'll be a center for the Lakers, but he'll grow a reasonable height if he takes the hormone. Gvaldik. But she says, I want you to know there could be side effects and we don't know what they are. So they start talking about what could the side effects be. Might grow an extra nose. Their face, what? So, you know, some of the side effects could be hurtful. He might suffer different problems. He might have other big problems. And some of the problems could be more devastating than being short. So they're, they're weighing the options for half an hour. Finally, says Dr. Kelso, as a mother of children, what would you do if it was your kid? So she covers her face with her hands and she's thinking and she looks at him after a minute with tears in her eyes. And she says, if it was my child, I have no choice. Because the world that I live in is a world of the facade, of the exterior. What's your title? What car do you drive? How many bedrooms does your house have? What kind of, how many cars fit in your garage? Where do you go shopping? How many credit cards do you have? In my world, I have no choice but to give my children the therapy. You are an Orthodox Jew. Your world is the world of the inner soul of the person. Don't take chances. Your child will grow up well-adjusted and healthy because you are an Orthodox Jew. So they went home with a Meredek of Musashmus. That's who we are. We're people that the Iker is our Neshama, our Panemius. And I've said many times, we're starting Slichas Moitzah Shabbos. And throughout Slichas, till the very end of Yom Kippur, we're going to be saying the Yud Gimel Midoy Shal Rachamim. And the Gemara tells us when HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught Moshe Rabbeinu Yud Gimel Midas says Vayabar Hashem Alpono Vayikros of the Gemara El Mole Mikra Kosubi Yevshela Oimroi Melameh it teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put on a talus and he stood before Moshe and he said the Yud Gimel Midas says Komzman Shebonai Choytim Aseike Seder Hazev Ani Moichlon what does it mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu put on a talus and he said the Yud Gimel Midois? I think the Pshad is HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu. What is it that you see? And Moshe says, I see God wrapped up in a talus. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, exactly. What is every single human being? Every single Yid is a God wrapped up in a talus. You have a Tselem Eloikim. Surrounded by your human talus. And your mission in life is to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Yud Gimel Midois. The Iker is our Pneumius. Our Pneumius is a Tselem Eloikim. Each one of us is a Chelek Eloika Mimal, a child of Kutcha Berichu. Bring out that inner person. We can't live with our externals in the physical world which is temporary 
here today, gone tomorrow. We have to live a life of the neshama that's forever. That's the message of Hagrizim and Har-Evil. That's the message of Slichis. And in that process, we prepare for Rosh Hashanah. And the avoid of Slichis, Chazal say, is because in Rosh Hashanah it says, Vasisem Oila. We have to make ourselves into a carbon oiler. But you can't bring a carbon unless you examine it for four days that it doesn't have any, any mum, any blemish. We have to give ourselves four days to look for blemishes that we have. So Rabbi said, is a kasha. Because we're supposed to start looking for Averis in the Aseris Yemei Tshuva. The days before Rosh Hashanah are different. What are we looking for Averis now? Now we should be looking to bring ourselves closer to Hashem. The answer is because we have to bring a carbon on Rosh Hashanah. And maybe we can't do a perfect tshuva. But at least if we see what we have to fix, we can say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know what my problems are got a lot of work to do but I'm going to work on it and so the mum now becomes a mum oiver it becomes a temporary blemish because I'm going to fix up the rest of the problems on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Aseris and Mechuva so now I can bring myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Korban Oila and Oila represents I want to steig I want to be Euler, I want to grow, I want to become greater, I want to become bigger, I want to become closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So how do we steig? Many people become frustrated with themselves. They look around, they see other Bochrim asking better kashas, other Bochrim understand better, there's a mice of a bocher who was in a yeshiva. Got into a very good yeshiva. He came from a good yeshiva. And in his mind, he has in mind, I'm going to this yeshiva. I'm going to show everybody I'm a lamdin. I'm a plugger or steller or whatever. I'm going to be the best bocher in the yeshiva. Came to the yeshiva. He discovered that he was not the best bocher in the yeshiva. There were Bochum who asked better kashas, there were Bochum who said better chidushim, there were Bochum who knew more gemaras. He was just an average Bochum. So he figured, okay, maybe I'll be a bigger masmid. So he's sitting in the base medrash, Yoyman Belayla, and he sees there's a lot of Bochum doing the same thing. So he can't even stell himself a vek as a big masmid. So he figures, okay, let me go to the dining room and act like somebody cool. And I'll tell jokes and I'll act cool. And he finds out that he's not the coolest dude in the yeshiva either. So the guy figures, so what am I worth? So second Seder comes or Seder comes and he starts drinking outside. He's walking around. He's not the, he lost his grace. One day he passes by an old age home. He walks inside. He sees there's a shtickle based medrash there bunch of old Yidden sitting and learning. So he thinks to himself, this is a place for me. No competition. 
Everybody's learning the same thing. Nobody's fighting. Nobody's arguing. Nobody has a Rosh Hashiva to ask Kashas to, to say he's better than me. So, you know, this seems like a Gishmaka place to learn. I don't have to worry about the competition. So he starts parking himself in, the, uh, in, the, in a nursing home. And he starts learning in the base medrash there. So after a week, one of the older Yidden comes over to him. And he says, uh, Shuldik, I see that you've been coming a few days. What are you doing here? He says, you know, I just like the atmosphere over here. He says, you got to wait a few years till you come here. You know, you're, you're a little bit too young to be learning here. Why don't you go back to your yeshiva? So he says, because in my yeshiva, I'm nothing special. I'm not the biggest zogger, I'm not the biggest plugger, I'm not the biggest steller, I'm not the biggest ma- masmid, I'm not the biggest balmachadish. So the Yid rolls up his sleeve. And he says, you see this? And he shows him the numbers that the Nazis, Yemach Shemom, tattooed on his arm. And he says, you are completing Hitler's work. And the guy is shocked. What, he just called me a Nazi? I'm completing Hitler's work? So the old man says to him, let me explain to you. Hitler knew he can't destroy every Yid. He knew he's not going to, he can kill a million, two million, six million, but he's not going to wipe out every Jew. So you know what he tried to do? Tried to make us feel that we were all numbers. That we, none of us had any chashivas. We were just numbers. Just like animals are branded on their ear with a number. You're also a number. That's all we are, just numbers. He says, what you're doing is the same thing. You're looking at yourself as a number. Just another person. And unless you're the best kid in the yeshiva, you're not worth anything. You're just a number. You're finishing Hitler's job. You are a Tzalem Eloikim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you. And there's only one you in the world. You have your own mission, your own purpose, your own tafkid. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting for you to fulfill the mission that you and only you in the entire history of the world were given. If I don't do the job that I have to do, no one in the world will create that Kiddush Hashem that I have to do. So every one of us has a job. We all are Yechidim, members of the Tzibor, but every one of us has a personal achrayas to fulfill the only mission that a human being was given in history and it was your mission. You're not a number. You're a chelik elikamimal. You're a child of HaKadosh Baruch And you have a job to do. And no one can do it for you. So he tells him, go back to the yeshiva. He said, the old man saved my life. I went back to yeshiva I didn't think about who was asking better kashas. I didn't think about who was a bigger masmid. I did what I had to do, and I grew, and I shtayed, and I became a successful person. I knew how to learn. I knew kolotay rakula, whatever it was, because I didn't 
have to worry about anyone else just fulfilling my tafkid. And that's what we all have to do. And whatever we think we are, whoever we think we are or are not, we can be matzliach, we can just give HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the the broch the 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 tefillah that he gives us the siyata deshmaya to help us. Noida Yehuda would say over something I've mentioned in the past also, a famous story with Nochem Ish Gamzu. Nochem Ish Gamzu was a person that would say Gamzu Latoiva for everything that happened, no matter how bad things were, everything was Gamzu Latoiva. So he was chosen to bring a chest of gold and silver and diamonds to the king. On the way to the king, he stopped in an inn, and the innkeeper hopped that he was carrying a very precious load of diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and pearls. So the innkeeper stole them all and put dirt into the, in, into the treasure chest instead. Nochemish Gamzu comes to the emperor, says, on behalf of the Jewish people, I would like to prevent his ma- present his majesty with a special gift. So the emperor opens up the treasure chest and discovers a pile of dirt. So his reaction is, off with his head. So Nochemish Gamzu says, Gamzu Latoifu. A minister goes over to the king, Really, the minister was Elio Anavi. And he says to the king, Your Majesty, maybe the Jewish people have sent you the dirt of their patriarch Abraham, who took the sand and he threw it against the kings he was fighting. And with that, he drove them away. So the king says, Well, that's a jolly good idea. Let's try it. And so they took the dirt and sent it to the front where they were fighting an enemy they couldn't defeat. And so they gave the sand to the soldiers and they said, just throw the sand. And they did, and the sand turned into whatever it was, arrows and spears, and uh, they defeated the enemy. So the king found out and he sent Nochem Ishgamzu back with a chest full of gold and silver and diamonds for the Jewish community. We also come to the Melech with our box of diamonds. And throughout the year, we think we're doing mitzvahs and maizim toivim, and we're building a treasure chest of mitzvahs for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But then comes the Yetzir Hora and tries to empty out the treasure chest. He says, how many mitzvahs did you really do with your Pneumius? How many brachas did you make this year with Kavana? How many Shmoina Esrays did you daven with Kavana? How much time did you battle compared to how much time you learned? How much Lashon Hora did you speak? How often will you mekayim kibbut over aim? How often will you not mekayim kibbut over aim? So by the time we come to Hakadosh Baruch Hu with our treasure chest, the Yetzirah has managed to turn it into a pile of dirt. Comes a Malach and says to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "Efsher, this is the dirt of Avram Avinu." <laughs> 
Maybe the Jewish people are saying, Reboyne Shaloyla, we're trying. We want so badly to be Erlich Yidin. But it's so hard. It's difficult, but we want very badly. Our inner selves are yearning to be close to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're going to do whatever we can, but Rabbi Hashem, help us. Avraham Avinu took the sand. He says, Rabbi Hashem, what am I supposed to do? I'm one person. How can I fight all these soldiers? I'm going to take the sand and throw it, and you'll do whatever has to be done. We say, Rabbi Hashem, we're coming to you. What can we do? We have to fight the Yetzirah. We're going to do whatever we can. Rabbi Hashem, help us. And the Rabbi Hashem will take the sand, take whatever it is, and give us a brach and give us a year of gesund. We have to come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to betzach by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to show a rotzen and a chavivus. There was a maise that's told over by Rabbi Goyal Al-Karif. He heard the maise from the owner of a jewelry store. He said over that one day a seven-year-old girl walks into his jewelry store. Uh, this is an upscale jewelry store. <clears throat> Girl comes into the store and is looking around. And he figures that she's, this is the kid wanting to look at the fancy jewelry. And suddenly she sees a tennis bracelet worth about $4,000. And she says, I would like to buy this tennis bracelet. So he says, oh, why would you like to buy it? She says, I want to buy it for my sister. So he says, why do you want to buy a bracelet for your sister? So she says, my, my father and mother died. And my sister takes care of me and my other sisters and brothers. And you see, my sister's not so old herself. She works very hard to take care of us. And she's still going to school. So we want to say thank you. And don't worry, she says, I have a lot of money I've saved up. And she reaches into her pocket and she puts a bunch of coins on the counter that add up to seven shekel and 80 agurot, about two, three dollars. And the jeweler says, that's exactly how much it costs. That's wonderful. Let me shine it up for you and I'll put it in a nice box and you go write a letter for your sister. And so she writes a quick letter. He puts it in a beautiful leather case. And she goes home. A few hours later, the sister comes to the store. And she brings back the bracelet. And she says, I'm so sorry that my sister came. She had no business coming here. And she took a bracelet without paying. I'm so sorry. And the storekeeper says, I don't know what you're talking about. Your sister paid for the bracelet, seven shekel, 80 agurot, and a broken heart, and it's paid in full. And he says, I want you to know something. My wife died a few years ago. And many people come to my store and they buy jewelry and they can afford it. But when your sister came today, I felt something that I haven't felt in years since my wife died. I felt what it means to love. I felt once again what it means to love somebody.
So you take this bracelet, it's paid in full. The same thing is true. We come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us, what do you want? We say we want, we want life. We want a beautiful bracelet, we want life. And we take out of our pocket a few measly mitzvahs. We say, okay, Reboi Nishleilam, I'll be Mechabo, I'll have Kavon by Yasha Yotzar once a day. I'll try to be Mechaven by Shmoyne Esri once a month. When I bench, I'll try to bench everything without daydreaming. I'll try not to bottle as much. And we put that on the counter. And the Rabbi says to us, I haven't felt love for such a long time. If we come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever it is, we want to be close to you. We want to have a kesher with you. Rabbi Hashem will say to us, I haven't felt this love. And you're coming to me now. I'm going to give you a Shana Teva paid in full. We have to prepare for Rosh Hashanah. We have to prepare to give our Panemius over to Hashem. Try to dig within ourselves to discover who we are, what we can be, and to demand from ourselves to become the great people who we are. To bring out the Panemius, which is nothing less than a Tselem Eloikim, a Chelek Eloikamimal. And to bring ourselves to HaKadosh Borchu to grow into Steig and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take us and embrace us and be geyser upon us.